Hello and welcome to Kardashian It, the podcast about all things Kardashian. I am Jessica Jardin and it's just me. Uh, yeah, I'm solo hosting uh, this episode. I hope you'll bear with me. Um, turns out Marcy and I are busy ladies, uh, as you might have put together. Me missing the last episode, having our dear April joining us. Uh, and it turned out that my beloved Marcy was not able to make it uh, to this week's recording. And I thought, hey, maybe we can just do this. This is me talking to myself. Maybe old Jesse J can just hold the fort down and podcast the hell out of this week's episode all on her own. Uh, I hope that by now the some of you have not uh, immediately paused or turned it off and said, no, thank you. Uh, and that you will bear with me because uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun, weird thing. No host except me. So one host, a host. Um, and I'm excited. We have stuff to get to. We don't have an episode. Uh, we have a ton of news. Um, and then I thought it would be fun to read through some amazing um, listener emails that we have not gotten a chance to read. So it'll just be a fun one. I hope you'll stay with me and join me. So uh, as far as catch up, this already feels funny to not have Marcy here. <laughs> I miss her very much. But um, let's see, what have I been up to? Um, I got to do one of my beloved Hollyweird shows, which is a show I put on at the UCB Theater here in L.A. It was uh, this past weekend. I haven't done one in a while because they are pretty all-consuming to plan and put together. I go down like a real wormhole of like emailing the strangest people and talking to publicists and like getting rejected by people you like couldn't imagine. Um, and it's a lot of fun, really weird, but hard to do with managing a full-time job. So um, I haven't done one in a couple months and I had one this past weekend and it ended up being so fun. If any of you live in LA or you are in LA um, and want to come see one, I have another one in December, on December 16th, a Sunday. Um, and it is such a joy. Uh, a couple Kardashian fans have come and said hello afterwards. And it just truly is like the most fun ever um, to have you guys there. So if anyone ever comes, let me know. Email, tweet, anything. Um, but this one, yeah, was so, so, so fun. Uh, I got to have some friends. There was magic. I tried to make it a little spooky themed. Um, I had Brian Safi, who is a longtime friend from UCB, who is co-host, co-creator of the incredibly successful amazing podcast throwing shade along with Aaron Gibson who's also a longtime bud um, they had it as a show on TV land uh, for a little while and now they take it all around the world they like just did a whole international tour Brian also um, is a like an occasional fill-in host on access Hollywood he's right now he's on the Ryan Murphy show um, which I have not watched uh, 911 which I believe stars like Connie Britton um, and he, I think, is recurring on that. And he just rolls. He's so funny. Um, I've known him forever back when I was on a, at a sketch uh, sketch team night at UCB. My team, the get-go, was paired with his. So we've known each other for a long time. And he is a dream. And I specifically had him on to talk about interviewing Cher, which he did for Access Hollywood. And it was amazing. If you guys get a chance, just Google it. Um, Brian Safi, S-A-F-I, Share Access Hollywood. 
And it's like, a there's only little clips online, but it's so funny. Um, it's just the two of them. They shot it at her like Malibu mansion. And it's just like watching a true fan having the very, very, very best time um, interviewing like an icon. But the very, the funniest part, which is why I like played it during the show and what I really wanted him to d- describe is that the lighting between, they're, seat, they're sitting across from each other and the lighting from his end to her end when it cuts back and forth is so funny because hers of course is this like beautiful gauzy ethereal like diva lighting like you would see on share uh like you would expect to see on share and um you know it's just this like it looks like she is fully an angel in heaven uh talking into a camera and then it cuts back to brian and he kept joking at the show that they lit him basically just with like a flashlight <laughs> like it's so funny uh they look like he, he was saying it looks like he he edited himself in because it looks so out of place and it is just like a true hoot he's so funny but yeah they like talk about mama mia it was so fun he like gave us a bunch of behind the scenes dish on what it's like how she is like cool and awesome and lovely and like was just like very 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 rad in real life and like he had some great stories then i had my friend yamara taylor who's been on the podcast before who's another longtime bud i was really calling in buds um and she is currently she's an emmy nominated writer on blackish um and she's amazing if you guys get a chance you should follow her on all the stuff she's so funny um and she was great she told really fun celeb stories about like uh eddie murphy's house because she had a meeting there and like how he loves youtube videos um that she like and he doesn't make eye contact and like all sorts of just like juicy fun behind the scenes goss and then the big highlight um in terms of like a big centerpiece was i had this incredible local magician um, named Rob Zabrecki, um, who you guys should all go follow and try to see when you're ever in LA, who performs at the Magic Castle, um, which if you guys don't know, you got to look up the Magic Castle. I'm sure Marcy and I have talked about it before, but it's like this historic magic institution here in LA. And you can go see live magic, but it's like members only. You have to dress up. It has lots of cool like lore about it. And it's like one of the most fun nights you'll have in L.A. And so Rob Zabrecki, who I've seen do all kinds of different stuff, different shows, private shows, um, parties. He has this very specific style of performing that's like super deadpan, very sort of serious, but then very funny at the same time. And so he it's just like a very specific, cool style. Um, And I've been such a fan for a long time. And he also has for a long time hosted at the Magic Castle um the houdini seance and there's like a special room where he does a seance of houdini uh and it's so fun and he's amazing so he came and since it was october we got spooky we turned the lights down he did a seance for sunny bono in honor of our conversation about share um and then he brought people on stage he like read their minds and he just did tons of cool shit and it was like so uh special it was like one of the more special ones i've had in terms of just like texture and it was a great audience and it was so fun so um that is a big thing that happened for me um and it was so fun and it's just like a very indulgent special show where i get to like call in funny friends and make them come up and be funny and like reach out to all kinds of people for the, I'm sure you guys know this, but it's like, you know, I've had Angeline, I've had Cato, Kaylin, I had Tia Carrere, like 
all types. Um, and so, yeah, I've got some fun people that seem excited to do December show and uh, hopefully we'll put something cool together. So again, if you're ever in LA or you think you'll be around and want to come see me or Marcy, Marcy has a weekly show. I have a weekly show and um, Holly weird every so often. Please like, don't be shy. It's so fun to get to have people come, um, especially from the podcast. So that's my like weird little plug. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other big headlines for your girl. Um, it was just like a very show filled week. Uh, and that's, that's really it. Um, so that's all the catching up. I'm going to take a sip of water because there's no one for me to like, normally Marcy can kind of tell and like starts talking and I gulp down a big gulp of water, but she's not here. So you have to wait. Gulp. I'm back. <laughs> this is really weird and funny. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, anyways, I just got a real wave of how funny it is to be hosting a podcast that used to be three women. And now it's one in this moment. One more sip. Okay. So we have a lot of news and I figured it was a good occasion to talk through news. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, let's see. Let's see where to start. So a couple days ago, it was our one and only, I believe it was Sunday. Can that be right? Um, it was Kim's birthday. Uh, beautiful Kimmy's birthday. Um, she turned 38 and, um, as to be expected, it was like, you know, it's like a national holiday. It feels like, uh, for all the Kardashian birthdays, but obviously Kim's. And it's always very funny to me because it's like, it's really telling like who posts about her. It's like the people you would guess, like all the family members, but then you have like fashion designers and other celebrities and C-list celebrities and D-list celebrities and everybody like wanting to uh, post pics of themselves with Kim, you know, when they've ever posed with her. Um, but there were some really cute ones. Uh, there was like all the sisters posted really cute ones. Kendall posted one with these like um, montage of home videos and with so many clips of Robert Sr. And it's like, man, they always get to me. That's uh, just so moving. And you can just tell, like, no duh, but that they just loved him so much. And they were so close. Um, and to, I think I was also remembering, like, wow, they were so grown when he passed. Like, it feels so long ago now. But uh, must yeah, just remembering that it was so defining but um yeah Kendall put this really sweet one up all the sisters put such 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 sweet stuff up um you got your uh John Chebin put up a really cute one uh and it was just people giving her a lot of love we also saw that um I guess Kanye is like in Uganda Uganda still uh because he's recording his Yandi album um, which is now pushed to November 23rd drop date. And, you know, he does a thing pretty much every year where he like heightens uh, in terms of like sending her birthday flowers. And it's always like really, really over the top. And this year was no different. Um, we have these videos, this video of basically it looks like they're in Kim is like in her house. It's their like crazy white walled, white floored, like austere museum house that they live in and there's a man playing a piano a white piano he's wearing a white suit and then in the room are these sort of like incredible sculptural like mm, kind of like burgundy purple and pink kind of flower balls they look like almost fireworks like 
they're and they're suspended from the ceiling um and they are stunning like they really float like clouds like all through the room so she has all these videos and she says Kanye's the most creative when it comes to sending me flowers for my birthday love you so much babe and I mean it's like stunning obviously and like the piano music in this room and the I mean it really looks like a museum um and obviously like he goes above and beyond every year and spends what someone would guess is a million dollars on flowers but it's cool because I've never seen flowers like these um like the way that these are designed are just like very uh, modern and awesome. But we were Chris and um, I'm sorry, Chris, uh, Trish and Marcy and I were uh, texting about it. And it's so intense because it's like, it's so, so sweet. Uh, it's obviously like such an incredible gesture, uh, especially because he's missing her birthday. But there is something about this house that is such a bummer. Whenever they show this house, and it's like void of anything. It's just like white, sterile. And we know that that's like really Kanye style. And it just is such a bummer. And I'm so, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like so curious. Like, what is the deal? Are there really children running around this house? There is not a single object in this house. There is nothing. It is like sterile and white. And like, it looks like the floors are like cement almost like the house is cement. It's just crazy. Like, obviously, it's just not my like architectural style, but it's so weird. This idea of like you see little glimpses of it here and there. And it's like, what is this house that this family lives in? I don't know. Um, But the flowers are really beautiful. Uh, And, you know, there's certainly a lot of like growing rumors about the two of them. uh, And that seems to make the case which is maybe the point um that they're doing fine and that he loves her even if he's not there um what else do we have so uh just i think in the last day or so kim gave an interview uh where she was talking about her marriage it almost feels like you know in the way they always seem aware uh when it's the the questions are popping up about them but um she appeared on the Alec Baldwin show this past weekend. So I guess he has a talk show on ABC and it got like pretty, I was reading a thing on daily beast that was really dragging the show for like just being so bad. And that like, he's really not a journalist and like, uh, that it was just like, it's not a great show. I didn't watch it. So if you guys watched it, let me know. But, um, a lot of quotes came out of it. It's just like a one-on-one interview. We'll chat a little bit about it. But the, one of the first things she talked about was, Um, being married to Kanye and that she really thought of herself as a more independent woman before marrying Kanye. She says, I think being with a man like Kanye, you have to learn how to be a little bit not so independent. I've always been so independent and working and had a schedule. And when you get married and have a husband that has their career and then have kids, your independence, you have to let it go. I had to learn that being with a man like Kanye. Uh, which, you know, of course, then became like the quote and everybody was sharing it. Um, and, you know, I, it's interesting because it's like, I know what she's saying. She's saying like they have a life. She doesn't just get to do whatever she wants anymore. Um, but it is weird timing because we like of the way the storylines on the show have been sort of like showing his like controlling behavior and like not painting the most flattering picture and like the weirdness of their relationship and what seems like might be stress in terms of like absorbing all of Kanye's Kanye. Uh, But she seems to be sort of like pretty open in this way of saying like, yeah, 
uh, I don't really get to just be me. Like we have a life together and also like my independence is not what it was. So that was one quote that was making the rounds. But there was some other ones. Um, She also said in this interview that she was grateful for the Paris robbery, um, which I thought was interesting. She talks about, you know, how terrifying it was, but that it like really did change her, which we've heard her say like versions of this before. Um, But, you know, as time continues to go, it's interesting that like how she speaks about it. So she said the robbery changed me. Um, and that needed to change in me. So I'm grateful for the experience, even though it was horrific and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. It really did deeply change me to where I now feel like I can get back to myself. Um, and then she talks about like how afterwards, how hard it was. She says, my mom had to come over and say, will you get out of bed? Will you put on something else other than sweats, put on a little bit of makeup, feel like yourself. And because she says that she was putting the blame on herself. She says, I'm totally being a realist. So, you know, I post on social media locations, your jewelry, your bags, what you're doing, where you're going, your cars, your stuff. I'd always talk about my stuff. There was a lot of me that measured who I was by how much I had. I thought, oh, I'm worth so much. Uh, and obviously that's changed, it, she's saying. Um, and that she says, you know, that one of the big changes is now my life is six security guards outside of our house at all times and a few security when I travel, always 24-7 outside my door. I just move totally different, differently now. So there's a lot there. Uh, again, I didn't get to watch it and so just pulling quotes out of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's particularly like a particular revelation, revelation that she is like super changed by the robbery. Like we know that. And she's like been pretty open about it. Um, But it's still interesting to hear her like continue to process it. And it is the thing we do forget that like that, you know, Kim is still, you know, in the doghouse to me, as far as I'm concerned for being like the most, one of the more annoying humans uh, of 2018 and just like baiting everybody nonstop. But you know, I think it is interesting to remember that it wasn't that long ago that she was somebody who showed all her, you know, jewelry and that has taken a big backseat. That's a thing that she's like put, you know, been very vocal about. Although, you know, I don't think it was too long ago that she was just showing off that like lime car that Kanye got her, that like fancy like lime SUV that was like the one she had driven in Miami. So I don't know that that's true. I think in general, it's like, they want so badly like she called you to give this appearance of like austerity but they do like stuff of course they like stuff everybody likes stuff you know and she's like she, like in this interview she's talking about like uh, you know in the old days it was my home and my jewelry and my purses it's like i just saw you showing off your judith lieber collection in some special video like it's fine it's not a judgment but it is this idea like i think she loves the idea of like the before and after and that she's like a changed woman but it's also like so truly not in her dna i think to not show off the things that she enjoys i mean it's like think about that bentley episode the famed bentley episode you know that marcy and i uh recapped recently and it's just like that is her that is who she is like at her core like i don't think you can really i don't think you can really like redesign yourself that much um even if you're smarter about it which is probably more the point like you just do it more sparingly but um anyways you know I think she'll continue to like rightfully talk about the whole experience because I'm sure it was like insanely changing um and then another quote from the same interview the last one was that like 
he asks her point blank. They're talking about the Alice Johnson um, getting released and Kim helping her get released. And then he like point blank asks if um, if she thinks that Alice Johnson would still be in jail if it weren't for Kanye's support of Trump. So like that that has that's the reason that that happened. And Kim, 100 percent, like without even pausing, is like, yes, I absolutely believe that. Um, And she talks about in the interview that she and Alice had a conversation about that, that she was like, Alice was the one that was like, I really think I would still be in jail if it weren't for your, your husband's support of Trump. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this is the whole thing that's like so annoying about like, yes, Kim did this really impressive and cool thing and she used her fame for good and she got this woman out of jail. And then, you know, I think it's a bummer to have to peg that to Kanye's like very problematic, really, really, really difficult um, support of Trump. Uh, and of course, like always, Kim is out there doing like all the good PR, all of the smoothing. Like that's what a lot of this feels like to me, you know, like and I don't know what you guys think, but it's like to me, I just feel like so much of their relationship is like Kanye behaves exactly how he wants. He says and does exactly what he wants, whether it's because he's well or not, which is like obviously a big thing. Marcy and I have like, I think, taken pains to point out like it's very clear that he's like not doing well in certain moments, but it's like he gets to just do what he wants. And then it feels like to keep the train moving forward on their like their behemoth lives. It's like I always feel like Kim is going out then and doing all this like cleanup and like giving interviews like this, you know, tethering the Alice Johnson thing to Kanye's support. Like that's all like PR in a sense for him to help, you know, to help justify what is like a lot of the time pretty unjustifiable behavior. And you see like how slick and good the Kardashians are and have always, you know, have always been uh, at figuring out how to make things go away or make them more palatable. And like this is like sort of just what it smelled like to me. It was just sort of I mean, he asks her the question, but it does sort of feel like this thing of like, yeah, maybe we'll never know, you know, like, of course, their relationship with Trump, like helped on some level. Obviously, Trump is like ecstatic that Kanye is like so vocally for him. But, you know, I, I, I wish Kim would also like take credit for herself um, and doing a cool thing. But I know also that they are connected. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so, yeah. So that's the Alec Baldwin interview. I don't think I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, I, I'm very curious. And she doesn't really do, other than Ellen, basically, she doesn't really do much in the way of like, um, you know, more, more like longer on camera interviews. So uh, I should probably watch it. I'll watch it. Okay. I convinced myself I'll watch it later. Okay. Guys, I want to tell you about a website that you are going to fall in love with if you aren't already head over heels, okay? If you love buying clothes, you got to go to Poshmark.com. Instead of buying things new, you get to shop from truly millions of closets across America. They have everything. They have your Louis Vuittons, your Gucci's, your J. Crew to vintage t-shirts, everything you could imagine. All you have to do is download the free Poshmark app, they carry women's, kids, men's. I found the perfect leopard print coat. I'd been on the hunt 
everywhere. There it was, down from almost $800 to a little over 100 Also found a vintage t-shirt from a band you can't find anywhere else. They have everything. It's the easiest way to buy and sell fashion items. Shipping is so easy for both the seller and the buyer. Super, super fast. If you see something you want on the site, you make the seller an offer. Boom, you're good to go. Find me on there. I'm JJJLA. Let's shop together. And guess what? Listeners of Cardishanit get $5 off their first purchase. All they have to do is enter the invite code DISHIN, D-I-S-H-I-N, when you sign up. That is the invite code. So DISHIN, come find me. Let's shop on Poshmark.com together. Uh, moving on, guys. Are you having fun? Um, it's, this is so intimate. You're really seeing me in a vulnerable space, and it already feels crazy. <laughs> it's, I'm just gonna continue have check-ins where I go, "Oh my god, this is really crazy." It's not. It's not crazy, but it just is very funny, and I miss Marcy. Okay, so a big one that popped up, that bubbled up, is that ooh, Vogue. Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. So Vogue um, put out an issue uh, featuring your girl, Kendall. And she, uh, it's like this sort of, I, I'll, I'll be honest, when I saw these photos, like when Kendall posted them, my eyes didn't flag it. And that's the point is that like, I'm a white lady who doesn't flag these things because I don't have the lived experience. But People were really unhappy with these photos because basically like Kendall's hair is sort of like brushed and teased out into like what is pretty clearly or looks a lot like an afro, like the shape of an afro texture is, you know, not Kendall's normal texture. And people were mad. Ooh, people got mad. Um, and a lot of people commented and it was like, you know, and, and that has so much to do with like the the Kardashian Jenners and like the, it is nonstop and people were just like the theft of like uh black female culture I think is endless and so it's just almost it's that thing when Kim wears her like quote unquote Bo Derek braids and people are over it so uh some people say like here are some comments they they stay trying to turn white women into black women they'd rather pretend we don't exist than give us credit ugh Another person commented, we used to have our hair burned in chemicals because society taught us that we were not beautiful with our afros. And now they copy our afros, but can't use actual black models with afros. Afros. And then another lady just wrote, she looks dumb. <laughs> Leave afros for the beautiful black women. Um, and so, yeah, the point is that it just like it didn't it didn't sit well. Kendall has already like had her own fair share of controversy and it was bubbled up for the last couple of days. And finally, uh, Vogue released a statement to E! News. Uh, and I don't know. Let's see what you guys think, if this is an apology. But it's interesting. They say, the image is meant to be an update of the romantic Edwardian slash Gibson girl hair, which suits the period feel of the Brock collection, which I guess are whatever the spread is. And also the big hair of the 60s and early 70s that puffed out, teased out look of those eras. We apologize if it came across differently than intended, and we certainly did not mean to offend anyone by it. So, yeah, I mean, they acknowledged it. That is technically, technically an apology. Um, 
you know, it's just very interesting. We talked about this before on the podcast. It's like in this day and age, like an apology is not, it's the, the, the language of an apology is very fascinating to me because it's like that we know the sound of it, but the language can get very kind of like squirrely. So to me, that's more of what you might call defensive <laughs> and going like, sorry, you felt that way. Sorry, you saw that that way. That's not what we were doing when like, you know, and I think we learned this in the case of the Me Too movement and like, you know, an apology is not, I'm sorry if people were hurt or offended. An apology is, we did that. It was a mistake. We were wrong. We will do better. And that's like the good advice to just take into life, I think. Like, I certainly think for myself, you know, that it's like, you either are or you aren't. And so, I mean, it's this is not the hill I want to die on is like, you know, coming after Vogue. But it was just interesting to me. It's like to acknowledge it is very funny. And people, celebrities do this all the time. It's so common. But it, I think it's fair to call them out for like kind of a non-apology, which is just like it was the it was meant to be this. It's like, OK, well, it didn't read that way and it really upset people. So you should just say sorry and move on. Um, but, you know, it's Vogue. I guess they're just they're They get to say whatever the hell they want. Um, moving on. Uh, so this week there was a lot of news because there was a really bummer, bummer. Um, hard, hard story that the New York Times ran. They got a, a memo about the plans for the Trump administration to, um, you know, the way they put it was define transgender out of existence. Um, and a lot of people posted about it and were really upset. Everybody's pretty upset because it's horrific. It's all about, um, you know, just finding ways to like continue to not define uh, gender beyond male and female and that coming from a federal level. Um, and of course, like leading into the midterms and everything, it's just like sparked so much ire and understandably so. It's horrific. Um, but one very famous trans woman weighed in um, on Twitter. Uh, so Caitlyn Jenner, um, who was once a vocal supporter of Trump has sort of shifted over time, but as far as everyone understands, um, is still a Republican, I believe. So she, uh, so she, Caitlin, tr uh, posted or tweeted what that image that I think has been shared a lot. A lot of people have reposted it. It's like a kind of purple to blue image, like background, and then in white lighting, white lighting, white writing over the top of it a bunch of times, over and over and over again. It says trans people won't be erased. And then so Caitlin posted that and then all she did was that what then she just tagged uh, at real Donald Trump. So uh, so she, and then she issued a statement that said the Trump administration has ferociously attacked my community again. Just as an FYI, Mr. President, the military is the single largest employer employer of trans people in the world. This leaked memo is an unacceptable attack on my community. Um, but, she, you know, it's, everybody kind of came after her because, you know, she voted for Trump. It's been she admitted it. And then, you know, this this Newsweek article was saying that, like, you know, she was when she was asked uh, by CNN not that long ago, if, it, if she considered it a mistake to vote for Trump, she even then was like, no, not yet. And she had said, yes, he's made some mistakes. I don't support him in everything that he's done, but we needed to shake the system up. Uh, which is like just the language that makes my, my 
blood boil. And people like, you know, Anna Navarro was not having it and like, you know, posted a tweet in response that was like over and over again, like mimicking the post, like girl, a bunch of people tried to tell you, girl, a bunch of people tried to tell you, girl, a bunch of people tried to tell you. Um, Just that like everyone, you know, it's just a classic case of just like, Caitlin is a bummer. (laughs) I think everybody, you know, you want to welcome somebody to the good fight, but it's also this thing of like, it's a, it's very tough to have like one of the most famous trans people in the world, um, technically a supporter and having voted for him. So I think people are not so ready to like welcome her open arm to the, the resistance, when everyone knows good and well that that's like a lifelong Republican supporting Trump. And it just can feel, I think, you know, Caitlin, Caitlin just gets so tricky, so tricky. Um, But speaking of Caitlin, there was another story about um, a, you know, this always kind of becomes a thing this time of year. Part of me thinks it's like kind of just sometimes intentional, just like to, I don't know, to these kinds of stories are so common now, which is like, offensive Halloween costumes um so you know you tend to have ones that are like really shocking or you know like are the same kind of tried and true offensive ones like hot Native American girl and stuff and um there was one that uh was posted called Bruce Caitlyn Jenner Olympian I am Kate adult costume I think that's the Amazon listing that's why it has like so many um but an I am Kate Halloween costume, which was available on Amazon, was slammed by trans um, trans groups for mocking them. And what the costume is, um, it's like basically trying to allude to like, it's just like, it's like a weird mashup of like Bruce and Caitlin, basically. So it's like, it's a runner's, like it's the Olympic, like red Olympic kind of tank top with the number, like the competition number on it blue running shorts, gold medal with like red, white, and blue, uh, you know, straps holding it up. And then just like a long brown wig. So essentially the like Olympic outfit that Caitlin wore, uh, winning the decathlon with two gold medals and then like a long brown women's wig, women or, you know, uh, intended to be seen, perceived presenting as women's wig. And that's the costume. Um, And it's like, it's not much. Um, But yeah, people were, you know, people were not having it. And so, you know, they, they, a bunch of organizations like reached out and were basically just like, hey, can you not? Um, And then, oh, and this article is saying, yes, there's been a bunch of these. Like uh, last year, I guess there was an Oscar Pistorius costume that was sold on the website called oh my god this is horrible guys it was called blade oscar pistorius who i think he was found guilty right for murdering his girlfriend um the olympic athlete um with ampute with amputee and he it was called blade gunner and it included a plastic gun and silver boot covers to represent his blades like we're ugh. Sorry, I just read that as I was reading it. and It really bummed me out. Guys, don't wear like shocking, edgy costumes. Ugh, God, I don't know when yours doing it. But like, what a, ugh, just be funny. Make stuff, like, I guess people think that's funny. That's the whole point. Sorry, I'm just like debating it with myself. Um, 
What a bummer. So anyways, yeah, don't make a Caitlyn costume. Uh, I don't know. That just is like probably a thing that doesn't need to happen, especially if those people are getting like legislated out of existence by the actual government. So there's probably like, I don't know, other people to pick on. Um, what else? So then we all know that Kanye is like a huge Rick and Morty fan. Uh, and that's been like, he's very, very, very vocal about it. And this week he posted, uh, it's really cute actually. It's like a picture. It's like a Rick and Morty drawn. Like it looks like it was done by their animators, which would be my guess that he wouldn't get a knockoff, but it's, um, him and con or him and Kim. And it's like basically them as Rick and Morty. Um, and people were really excited about it. It was very internet-y. Then of course, some people were like, bummed because Kanye is so lame lately and it's Rick and Morty is so beloved but yeah just like a weird internet-y crossover of like Kanye and Kim as Rick and Morty um and then the last little piece I had was like speaking of there's a lot of Kanye news as always we always talk about how we could 100% have like just a full Kanye podcast which I'm sure there already is but there is just it's like how does this guy he's like in Uganda he's everywhere he's oh he's everywhere um but he did something good guys Kanye did something good um he you know after all of his like Trump bullshit he donated seventy three thousand five hundred and forty dollars to progressive Chicago mayoral candidate Amara and Yaya on Monday um which was the exact amount she needed to pay a fine she received for not filing campaign finance reports during her abbreviated 2015 mayoral run so sounds like she ran before was fined um and Kanye paid that exact amount which was obviously meant to be seen as that gesture and that was a week after Chance the Rapper publicly endorsed her um and I you know and this is a race to replace uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel who is obviously hugely controversial controversial because you know his time as the mayor has been like one of the most violent and, uh, you know, incredibly uh, violent periods in Chicago history. And so um, I would not purport to be up to speed on this race, but I, I imagine that it is heated and a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, Chance and uh, Kanye both attended a rally on Tuesday uh, and they didn't speak at the event, but they like just went to a political rally for this like mayoral candidate. So we know that Kanye is like, you know, really trying to lay down roots again in Chicago. We were called out by a listener when one of us, we were talking about like, oh, they must love him. And it was like, no, we think he's a jackass, just like everyone else. Um, so I'm curious what Chicagoans think about it. Um, he's obviously trying to like, it's one, it's just crazy. It's the same guy who's like screaming about Trump on TV and then he's like at a rally for like a cool progressive, um, you know, mayoral candidate for Chicago. I, it's it's insane. Um, and apparently even Enyaya said that it was out of the blue that uh, like Kanye's endorsement and like really surprised her. <laughs> so, yeah. So Kanye is Kanye. And uh, that's that. That's it. That is the news. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot. Oh, my God, guys, we're getting through it. We are getting through it. Oh, no. One last little thing. Um, it looks like Kylie 
has another lawsuit coming coming down the pike um, for stealing another makeup designer's to do. Um, it's a real it's a, a palette called Born to Sparkle, and apparently a uh, a company is arguing that they that she did what <laughs> we all know she and all of this family loves to do uh which is steal the hell out of it and so it's a company called Cherie uh S-H-E-R-E-E cosmetics suing Kylie cosmetics um for stealing it's born to sparkle makeup line and so what these are are these like um they call them glitter eyes which are like really thick glitter eyeshadows um and they so Cherie has its own uh like glitter eye collection and it's called Born to Sparkle. So uh it was part of her birthday collection that she just put out in August. And the Cherie Cosmetics says it filed for its trademark on August 30th. Uh and so it I think that it like the feeling is like it's not the strongest case, but it kind of is one of those things that's like there's such a long history of Kylie and all the girls, but particularly Kylie when it comes to this makeup line, um, just stealing the hell out of like particularly things like the uh, the photo art, you know, like that's something Kylie's been busted for so many times for everything from like the dripping metallic lips to like all kinds of different like makeup styles. And they've had to like go back and be like inspired by and it's one of those things that's like. I wonder what people in the industry would think about it because it's like, you know, theft is just like such a natural part of it. But it is so tough to see like, yeah, over and over again, all these women. And it's like, I wonder so much how they how much they even are aware. You know, it feels like they rubber stamp like so many of the products that go out with their names on them, like I'm sure all moguls are doing. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it probably is nothing. It's probably not Kylie who's like sought out some small makeup line and like is like, you know, happily ripping them off. And instead, it's probably some like lowly design person who like thinks that they'll slip it past um, and just trying to get their job done. But it's like, yeah, it's it's these things I think are important in terms of like filing the lawsuit, bringing visibility, because you know, as much as I'm sure that there are people just taking advantage of them, like this is, you know, that's how like Urban Outfitters and these companies just like profit forever on just like swallowing younger artists and designers and creatives because um, they can. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess see you in court maybe. Um, okay, that is it for the news. Um, and now I thought it would be fun to get into some email. So let's do that. Okay. Hey, paused for a second to get myself set up. And then I also... <laughs> I like this is so much more talking than I ever do and I like truly realized I was like drenched because I'm in my robe <laughs> in the study and I'm just drenched in sweat <laughs> so I just paused it to pull up the emails and I opened my robe and I just had a moment of like ah, ah, ah. so you guys appreciate it <laughs> I'm really sweating over here for you <laughs> oh my 
my god um okay so guys we're doing it um there's some fun emails like we you know every week marcy and i are like oh let's read this email let's read that email and then we like run out of time because we have an episode to get to and it always takes longer than we think so i thought it would be fun to make this like a little bit of a mailbag um episode in terms of just the next little chunk and we could read some of the fun emails that have piled up so uh, let's do it. So the first one, oh my God, this just came in hot off the presses. I was a dying. Okay. Ugh. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. The subject line is called how to have a Kardashian birthday party. And this is from Jasmine and I'll read it. Hey, ladies, ever since you talked about the Hanson's cake a while back, I've been dying to try one. Similarly, Mariah Smith, of keeping up with the continuity years, our beloved friend uh, and genius um, wrote an article on how to have a Kardashian-esque birthday party. Um, I decided to do both. <laughs> Here's my rendition on it. And then these are all bullet pointed. Do the iconic black and white photo booth with a DSLR camera and ring light from a friend with a YouTube channel. Trust me, you have a friend with a YouTube channel. Watermark the photos with something catchy in the corner. Get the Hanson's cake. My boyfriend ordered me one and had someone drive it from L.A. to San Diego, except I wanted a white one. But my birthday was in the summer. So when he called, he said the one the Kardashians get. And the lady said, oh, I know which one and made a pink one because at the time, Chloe's baby shower was the last Kardashians event. Whatever. The cake was fucking bomb. Oh, my God. It made me. This is incredible. I was dying already at this point. Um, next, get those giant white round balloons and scatter them everywhere. Everywhere. Coupons from Party City made this possible. What a fucking hot tip. Oh, my God. Next, all caps, gold balloons. Tried to get some that spelled happy birthday. Decided $300 on balloons was not smart. Settled for a two and a five. <laughs> this is her 25th birthday. Uh, I'm sure you figured that out. Next, tried to do a flower wall. L-O-L. Spelled out all caps E-L-O-H-E-L. -E we got a bunch of hydrangeas and put them in vases around my apartment. Google the price for a stupid wall. I won't even tell you. Which, of course, like I need to immediately do. I have to know. Um, I have to know how much those flower walls are. <laughs> Wear a lace bodysuit and duster because it's the Kardashian way. Get a spray tan. Get a tiny purse. Go to a whole ass different country for a photo shoot looking exotic because one birthday celebration is not enough. I went to Tulum, coincidentally, the same time Harush was there. Didn't see her. Wouldn't even recognize her if I did. <laughs> That's how you have a B-Day celebration like a Kardashian on a budget. Hope you enjoyed. Got a good laugh. Love you guys. Oh, my God. Jasmine. Are you trying to kill me? Oh, my God. <laughs> the photos are amazing. Um, I will post these if if Jasmine doesn't mind. Um, she has like these photos. She has like the black and white photo booth. She with the the cursive writing in the corner. Twenty five sitting on twenty five mil is the tag on the photos with her and her cute friends. She's gorgeous. Everyone's adorable. We see the pink Hanson's cake with the basket weave that says happy birthday, Jasmine. And oh, my God, how good was it? Oh, my God, you guys, the cake is so good. Then we have her in her <laughs> with her number balloons. <laughs> 
and her bodysuit. Oh my god! And then a gorgeous pick from what I'm guessing is Tulum. Um, and the photos are iconic. This was an iconic choice. Um, everybody should be doing this. I'm like having a Kardashian birthday party is the best idea I have ever heard. I am so sad that my birthday just passed because I would a hundred percent have done this. This I can't believe it didn't occur to me or Marcy. It's so fucking funny and perfect and I'm doing it. So Jasmine, I'm copying you. You're a hero. This made me so happy. And more importantly, happy birthday. I know it sounds like it was a little while ago, but happy birthday for me and Marcy. Um, that makes me so happy. Um, okay. This is going to be a change of gears. So um, this is our, this is from a couple weeks ago, but still recently. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, Courtney on the season. This is another email. We're moving on. Um, we've talked a lot about Courtney because she's become such like a centerpiece of the season and like whatever is going on with her. And so, you know, and we've speculated a lot and like they've brought up so much about therapy and like, you know, I think it's up for a lot of debate and it's definitely like it seems to be confusing the sisters at least. And that's at least how the storyline is playing out. So um, got an email from someone whose name I won't say. She says, hey, fam, don't use my name, please. I don't want the attack dolls after me. But let's talk straight. Get ready. She says, Courtney is displaying all of the characteristic signs of a serious addiction. I'd say cocaine! exclamation mark check her in parentheses abnormally even considering therapy's impact inappropriate slash overblown reactions the way she'd zone in and out like mad in the beginning of the current season her constant sniffing sniffling and rubbing ferociously at her nose when she is wide-eyed and clearly not sick the general lifestyle of i'm on a boat having a relationship with a teen <laughs> After I first noticed it, I felt like the camera guys were actually trying to tip me to it and that editing could just not cut it back because the signs were so frequent. I imagine that the way the Kardashian machine has its own tab on sites like Radar Online and People, the media is willing to exchange staying mum on certain sensitive issues with keeping on good terms with their cash cow. I love court and I'm curious if this is noticeable to anyone else upon reflection. Okay, so I will say... A hundred percent. No, like in the sense of not like a shutdown, but I, that did not cross my mind. Um, but now I really want to go back and watch. I mean, I think my feeling is that it's like, I tend to think, I think my feeling of like when people are in the throes of cocaine addiction is that it's like a very, very visible. Um, but at the same time, if you're seeing it, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think that, you know, you know, it's funny. I think in general, it's just like that thing where like in my 20s and the early 30s, I knew people who did coke. And then it's just a thing that like is has become so infrequent. So in my world, it's like coke. Who's doing coke, though, anymore? And it's like lots of people, man. Lots of people are doing all the drugs, uh, especially here in L.A., which is like, you know, coke heaven. So um, anything's possible. It's like I think it seems hard. I, my brain's always like, well, how do you like parent three kids and like have a, you know, but lots of people do it. So I don't know. I don't know if I would love to know Marcy's two cents. Um, Cause I've certainly known a lot of people who've maintained like pretty gnarly Coke problems for long periods of time. It's not, it's not a long-term 
thing. It's pretty, I've never known anyone who's been able to manage that. Not like I have so many friends with Coke problems or even do Coke, but um, it's hard, I think, to, it's also so expensive, but obviously that wouldn't be an issue here. So I'm, I'm genuinely processing and thinking, and I just don't know is the answer. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, okay. Moving on, moving on, moving on. What do we have here? Okay. Um, okay. This is another Courtney email. I did not intend for these to all be so Courtney related. Um, but there are some of the more recent ones that I thought were interesting. So we have, um, this one from Crystal. Hey, Jessica and Marcy. The subject line is, but did Courtney have a good childhood? Um, and this is this is recent, but a, a, a little bit ago. Sorry. First off, I recently found your podcast and I've been binge listening to it while I'm at work. Your podcast is so funny. I've had to pause it multiple times to regain my composure before someone asked me what I'm laughing at. Crystal. Thank you. That's so nice. Um, I'm wondering what you think about Courtney and Chris's interpretation of Courtney's childhood. Does Chris think a, quote, good childhood just means you had a ton of money and whatever items you wanted? Sure, Chris sets all her children up with business opportunities, likely using the immense wealth and publicity they already had, but money can only buy so much happiness. Maybe when Courtney is saying she didn't have a good childhood, she's talking about her home life. Her parents got divorced when she was a tween, and Chris married very shortly after the divorce. Chris married very shortly after the divorce was finalized to Bruce who wasn't even the man Chris cheated on Rob with in the first place. Given the amount of unstaged arguments Chris and Bruce had in front of their kids, I'd think Courtney likely saw many of these arguments her parents were having. Courtney also says in the episode, so this was a few episodes back, that she always went to her dad when she had a problem. So it would make sense for Courtney to easily forgive Chris. Just a thought I was having while watching the episode and again while listening to your pod. Anyway, love your podcast. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I thought that was really interesting. And again, we're like hopping back a little bit, but it's been such a through line of the season. Like, I think that it's the the kind of tale as old as time. Like, I think that we all want to believe that like money and fame equal happiness. And like, I think it's pretty obvious, like when you look at a lot of very financially comfortable you know people who have success in whatever way like it's not it's just not I think we gotta get through to that you know like I think that it makes life infinitely easier I think it can really be a dream there's people who I think love being famous love having been you know socialites and not having had to work for things but I think at the end of the day, like everybody is just a human who is hardwired by the relationships that they observe and the love that they get or don't get and the loss that they experience or don't experience. And it's like all defining like you can't have gone through the loss of a parent and not have been deeply, profoundly affected. Um, and the, I imagine your parents divorce and all of it. And like not to mention being at the center of like the most <laughs> being a part of the biggest murder trial in history. Like there's so many parts of their childhood that w are beyond uh, met scope that no one will ever be able to relate to her uh, on other than her family. And I'm sure that that breeds a lot of isolation. I'm sure it's hard to have relationships. I'm sure it's hard to be vulnerable. Like, you know, they're people, they're people. And I, I think that like, they're very, they're so open about their faults and like divorce and 
picking bad partners and addictions and all of it. And that's what I think is so endearing about the show is like watching them really like face their demons. And like, even if it is put with a major spin and a sort of schmaltz on it for the show, like they're living real lives for all intents and purposes. And so, yeah, I think the answer is she, the question, the question of good childhood, I think is just, that's like such a, what is that? You know? Yeah. She had a lot of, I'm sure it was good on a lot of levels. And also I'm sure being the oldest child when your family is experiencing all of that is insane. And like you, I'm sure it's defined her in all kinds of ways. So I certainly am just like spitballing here, but, um, yeah, I think that the answer is that like Chris keeps asking in that episode, Chris is like, Chris is sort of childish in the way she's talking about it, you know, like, but you had a good childhood and it's like good and not good is different than, you know, um, affected. And I think Courtney is probably a person who it's fair to give her some empathy, whether you like her or not about like, I'm sure she was deeply affected for all the access and privilege and how little she's maybe ever had to work. Um, deeply affected by the circumstances of that family. So that's my thought. Um, anyways, I think that those are all the emails. Just kidding. There's one more. This one is a little bit older and I wanted to read it. I've been wanting to read it for weeks. Um, and then that'll be it. Um, so this is the subject line is Kardashian academia. It says, oh my God, this like blew my hair back. Hi, Jessica and Marcy. I love your podcast and look forward to it every week after keeping up with the Kardashians. I was listening recently and you guys mentioned that one of your guests basically had a PhD in reality TV. And I realized I do kind of have a PhD in the Kardashians, which might be of interest to you guys. I live in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I'm one of the few academics in the world with expertise on the Kardashians. And then she has a link to a Vice article. She says, you can read about the rise of the... Oh, sorry. Yeah, that she, it, she didn't write, but it's a Vice article about the rise of Kardashian studies. I attended the world's first academic conference on the Kardashians titled Kimposium at Brunei University in London, which had a 3D printed copy of Kim's derriere in a glass cabinet Ugh. and presented my research there. Following that, I was published in a special Kardashian edition of academic, the academic journal Critical Studies in Fashion and Beauty with an article about Kardashian complicity with a K. My PhD research was on complicity in contemporary feminist discourse, and I had a chapter dedicated to the Kardashians and beauty practices where I analyzed the Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode that focused on Kylie's lip fillers. More recently, I've written a chapter about Revenge Body for a handbook on post-feminism that will be published by Rootledge, which I guess is the publisher, um, R-O-U-T-L-E-D-G-E, next year. Basically, I love the Kardashians and a lot of my academic research and teaching is centered on them. I write about them in terms of gender, race, and class as embodiments of neoliberal post-feminism and as subjects of femphobia. I see them as symbols onto which people project a lot of cultural anxiety and frequently find myself defending them against very generalized and often misogynistic claims. Of course, I am also critical of them, particularly when it comes to their rampant cultural appropriation. I thought I'd make myself known to you guys and happy to send you some of my work and chat about all things Kardashian. Um, best Juliana. Oh my God, Juliana, were you trying to kill me? This was like all I could want in the world. The whole point of this podcast 
for the three of us when we started it was that it was the exact point, which is that like I couldn't believe how many we all couldn't believe how many times we as women were arguing for this family and and the merits or the at least the why they are, have value in terms of culture, whether you like them or not being secondary to the idea that they are important, that they intersect with everything from fashion to sports to music to beauty to everything and that they are the center of pop culture in this moment in time. And so the idea when people want to be dismissive and put them down or particularly minimize their impact, um, I think for the three of us was always this thing that was like, well, you can't. It's you can't. That's insane. That's like saying like Netflix doesn't matter. It's like that's where everything comes from now. Like it's real. And so, you know, we it's a big point on the show to point out, you know, when we hate on them and when they fuck up and like we're we've gone through stretches where we are like diehard defenders and then we have our tails between our legs and like you know, I think we really want to like be responsible and also acknowledge that like they're fascinating and they sit at the center of so much, especially in terms of feminism and identity and body and all of the things that I personally spend all day thinking about. So, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. We actually got a Kardashian PhD uh, to listen to the podcast and I could truly like have cried tears of joy because um, it's like all I think is the point of it all just to to open up that discussion and it's why it's so exciting when people reach out and write us and care even when people disagree with us like the conversation is the point it's crazy the idea that all of this is happening and we're not like acknowledging it that this the the impact of this one family of people living like up the road from me 30 minutes uh or more calabasas is further than that um you get it anyways so i just wanted to gush about that um juliana you're a star thank you um maybe we can figure out how to get you on the show um because i would love to hear all your brain's amazing thoughts so guys that's it you just hung out with me for an hour <laughs> i hope you enjoyed it i'm so tired i'm sitting in my underwear in an open robe and I just had a damn blast. Um, and I missed Marcy. So we'll get back in the groove. Um, anyways, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Rain or shine. <laughs> Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review. Um, check out our Twitter and our Instagram. Uh, people, we have some fun, lots of fun like messages that come in there that I want to get to next time or soon. Um, like our Facebook page. Email us corrections, comments, and Kardashian run-ins at Kardashianit at gmail.com. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening uh, to Kardashianit. Okay, bye. Campfire.